Hello, my living people. Welcome to another episode of Drinking with the Unknown. We are your host, Julio. I'm Danny. And today, we want to welcome you back with something new. And uh, before we start our stories tonight, we want to go ahead and tell you what we're drinking. <laughs> go ahead, my partner. I'm drinking uh, Jack and Coke. I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking 805. Um, was that Walker? Uh, 805 Walker. It's, it's pretty good, actually. How's it because, taste? Uh, it's, it's really... Does it have that rubbery taste? <laughs> no. It you know doesn't. what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you no, know, it, it doesn't. Like ass? No, it, it no. tastes good. If you want, if you guys want a nice little chill beer, I do uh, uh, recommend 805. So, uh, first of all, we want to, before we start the show tonight, we have a good show. <clears throat> but tonight, I want to do like a top list, Danny, with, with you, if you don't mind. Uh, top yes. list of the best horror movies of the 80s. Oof. Um. Now, when I, the horror movies, I'm talking about the movies that went to the movie theater, that made it to the theater. That was big. I'm not talking about no beasts. I know no... Oh, what? Because I have some... I don't even know if they made it to the theater, but they're my favorite when I was growing up. Well, I don't... I, you know, well, we're talking about the big-time movies. The ones okay. that made, <clears throat> I guess, over $100 million in the movie theaters. In back the, in the 80s. 80s. Well, look, close to $100 million. Maybe. I don't know. But you know what I mean. Movies that were that are top grossing okay, films. Okay, how about movies that got to the theater? Top grossing films. Okay. Okay. And then, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to read off. This is actually the top 18 uh, horror movies of the 80s, and accor- this... according to Thrillist. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So uh, do you want to guess on any of them, on on a couple? You want to wanna name a movie or two? Or I'll tell you what. From the eighties, right? From the eighties, we're talking about the eighties. Okay, it has there has to be a Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, one through five. I don't know which one, but one of those. Um, uh, the Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, Nightmare on Elm Street is number eight. What the f- really? Yes, according to oh, Thrillist, wow. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street is number eight. Those are my favorite ones. What was the second um, one you said? Um, Friday, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. Let me check. It has to be there, dude. Fucking Jason. Come on. No, no. Uh, you know what? Oh, I know which one's number one. No, but that's 70s. Oh, yeah. No, no. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but you know what? Friday the 13th. Actually, Friday the 13th number 18. Wow. But it's part two. It's not the first one. It's part two. Friday the 13th. All right. So I'm going to read off the list. Okay. All right. Do you want to guess on number one? Yeah, but I... Num- it has to be 80s. 80s. Fuck, if I were to guess, I'd say number one would be um, The Exorcist, but that came out in 70-something. Okay, so number one, 80. Really? Please don't tell me that it's 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 um the one where with Jack Nicholson. Um, the Shiny? Yeah. No. Okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to read it off to you, okay? Okay. All right, so check it out. Number 18 is uh, Friday 13, part two. Came out in 1981. Okay. Number 17, Day of the Dead. Oh, the, 1985. Georgia Romero, of course. He directed that. He also made that um one of the zombie games in Call of Duty. He directed one of the zombie maps. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyways. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Uh, number 16 was Dead and Buried. 
which is back in 1981. Dead in, I don't think I've ever seen it. <clears throat> I've never seen it, but that's... Not uh, to check it out. Okay, so once again, this is according to Drillist. Hmm. Number 15 is Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. It came out in 1986. Never seen it. Number 14. Good one. Predator. Although, that, uh, okay. It, it, it got you jumping a couple it, times. I guess it goes into the whole alien sh- cryptic shit, you know what I mean? Movies. I don't, I don't consider that like uh, yeah, I don't, I don't consider it horror, but I guess you know to to the gorillas.com, I guess okay. it, number fourteen, number thirteen, Creepshow. Oh yeah, yeah, 19. dude. By the way, I'm I'm sorry, sidetrack. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you guys seeing Creepshow right now on Shutter? There's an app called Shutter. It's like Netflix for scary horror movies. It's only five bucks, guys, a month. It's not bad. Anyways, they're giving a uh, Creepshow the series. They're on the third episode, I believe. Really good. I highly recommend, especially right now for uh, it's October and Halloweenish, whatever. Every Thursday, new episodes. It's good. You guys gotta check it out. Yeah, you All told right. me about it. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. But yeah, you told me. So number thirteen, Creep Show, nineteen eighty two, directed once again by George A. Romero. Um, number twelve, Hellraiser. Oh yeah, hell. Oh yeah, we're going to nineteen eighty seven. Uh, Clive Barker directed that. Hmm. Number eleven, Reanimator. Reanimator, yeah. Nineteen eighty-five. Supposedly that one is, uh, you, you know, on Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Supposedly the, 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 ah, the director of the movie we're talking about right now, uh-huh. Animator, told that idea to uh, Wes Craven. Wes Cra- really? And Wes Craven, like, ah, sounds dumb, something like that. And next thing you know, he took his idea and made Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, interesting. That's good to know, man. Uh, number 10, Near Dark, 1987. Never uh, I've never seen that movie. I've never heard of What's it. it about? Uh, it's, a, it's a good nature. young man is adopted uh, by an unlikely family of vampires and causes all sorts of trouble for the ruthless bloodsuckers. Mm-hmm. Gotta check it out, dude. Uh, I like yeah. vampire movies. Near Dark, uh, 1987. What is that? I keep hearing of I know, me too. I, I don't hmm. know. Anyways. Number nine, uh, Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. That's a classic, dude. I, I, I'm surprised. What, this, what year did it come on? 1982. I'm surprised hmm. it's really up there. Number nine, really? I, I, I thought it would be more. It's a classic, guys. Number five, top five or something. Um, number eight, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm, I'm surprised that's something. Uh, yeah, more, it's, it should be a top five also. Number eight, Nightmare on Elm Street, directed, of course, by Wes Craven, 1984. Number seven, Videodrome, 1983. Fuck. I've never seen it. I heard of it, but I have never seen it. Um, I heard good things about it, but I have never seen it. Videodrome? Yeah. Can you tell me what what it's about? Uh, Sleazy T produces holds a pirate TV broadcast that messes with his mind and warps his reality. Hmm. Oh, if you ever get the chance, Video Drone, 1983, top number seven, according to Drillist. Uh, number six, The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick? <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, The Shining, number oh six. All right, number five, Aliens. What? Aliens, number five. What? Or James Cameron. What? No, 1986. Uh, it was scary. I don't think it was okay, a horror yeah, I film, guess. but 
Okay. All right. Number five. Number four. It's an American Werewolf in London. Came out in 1991. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was was a good movie. Do I think it was number four? No, but... (laughs) Number three, Evil Dead 2. Not the first one. I like the the first one better. Yes. But Uh, those are... Okay, afterwards, let me tell you what I really think about those movies. Anyways. All right, number two, The Thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's okay. Like, who, who wrote, what, what is this? The thrillist. thrillist? A bunch of fucking idiots never saw movies, dude. They're just picking up dumb shit. All right, bro. All right, this is 1982, number one. <laughs> Any guess? Any, uh, you don't want to? Wow. The Fly, 1986. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me? You're kidding me with this? Uh, I, 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 okay. So that was uh the top eighteen horror movies of the eighties according to by Thrillist. Thrillist. Dude, um, I, I would have maybe put Nightmare look, on Elm Street or number Friday one, Thirteen. Look, Friday Thirteen didn't even come. Oh scary, yeah, scary movies, dude. All right, without putting them in 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 the year they come out, Exorcist is number one, hands down, dude. That sh- that shit is. If you watch that alone, lights off. That's scary, dude. Exorcist was yeah. I I I'm, I thought it came out in the nineteen eighties, but you tell me it came out in the seventies. Okay. Um. I was okay. Another one of my all time favorite movies that they're not in there, but I highly recommend Night of the Demons. Oh my god, I saw this as a kid, dude. I could not sleep. I used to have nightmares with this movie. There's Night of the Demons one, two, and three, I believe. What the first one's just scariest, you know. You gotta watch it. Second one, another movie that I like will be Return of the Living Dead, the zombie movies. That's the first first zombie movie I saw that fucking zombies like run at you. You know what I mean? Is it Night Night of the Living Dead? No, no, no. That's the okay. There's Night of the Living Dead. That's like the original one, the black and white one. Okay, that one's good too. Don't get me wrong. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it. It's, It's a it's a good classic one. But that one, the zombies, they're slow. You, I mean, you could literally skip right around them. They won't get you. Now, Return of the Living Dead. <clears throat> this one. Part two, right? No, no. There's three of them. But I'm talking about the first movie, Return of the Living Dead. This is the one where the guy uh, works at uh, this, this uh, warehouse where they hold all this stuff. And there's a cemetery, like, right next next door. It's not the funny one, right? Where No, I'm not it's, saying funny, but... Where they like... top her off half... Well, where the guy and the, their friends, and then they, they one of them eats a girlfriend at the end or something. No, that's something. I don't know. Okay, no, then I. I well, anyways, it's called ahead. Return of the Living Dead. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it. Those right there are all time. That's my favorite zombie movie, period. And then I would also throw in uh, uh, Demon Knight. Came out in ninety something. That one's really. I don't know. I had nightmares with that, so that's why I'm saying it's good. But. The one, the fly, really, dude? That's not scary at all. That's just it's more suspense. Suspense, yeah, yeah dude. Like, you're not gonna I have. Mean, it has a, it has its moments, but it's more more like oh crap, okay. Yeah, yeah I, whoever did that list is a moron. Well, that's Straight you know to hell. top eighteen movies according to Thrillist.com. Eighteen of the eighties. Uh, all right, so now we're gonna move on to our story of the week. All right. Uh, we got, we're going to give you guys two stories for the price of one. Uh, this week we're going to talk about El Cipitillo and El Cadejo. All right, you guys, here we go. Get your drink on, have a seat, and enjoy these stories. 
El Cipitio. So there are different interconnecting traditions regarding beings or creatures in El Salvador. El Cipitio is kind of a duende, like those who trick you. He's a little bit like a leprechaun. He always tries to deceive people, specifically young girls, because he wants to take them back to his cave or wherever he lives. So he will do silly things to entice them and deceive them. But El Cipitio is a bastard son of another legendary figure, La Ciwanaba. As many of you guys know, La Ciwanaba or the Ugly Woman, it's another legendary folk. And we spoke about her on our first podcast. So if you guys want to know more about her, go back to our first podcast. Uh, so El Cipitio, he is the son of La Ciwanaba. There are specific places where it's said that he lives. A specific cave in a specific town. It's called San Vicente and it's by a volcano called El Chino Tepec. Siwanaba's son, Cipitio, was neglected, neglected and malnourished by his mother, who left him alone most of the time. He is condemned to live forever as a young boy with his feet in a backward position. Cipitio is portrayed as having a big belly. He has the ability to transport. He wears a large pony hat and likes to eat ashes and bananas. Although according to legend, he is not a harmful, he likes to bother people, especially pretty ladies, by laughing, by throwing things, or by whistling. That's El Cipitio. My co-host here has a story of El Cipitio. <clears throat> that was uh, interesting. <laughs> That's a little background of CPTO, who he is, <clears throat> and what he does. Jose Manuel Gomez was a farmer from Chalatenango. He was the type of man who never went to school, but was filled with more knowledge than any textbook. I was very fond of him because every time he would come to the port, he would bring us kids dulces de nance, which were my favorite, candies made from the nance fruit. During his lunch break, he would sit and tell us spotting stories about the Rio Lampa, about the volcano Isalco, about the ruins of Tasumal and the cobblestones of Suchitoto. You named it and he knew it, recounting stories that would fascinate you for hours. I would always look for him near the beach during lunch and was upset if I'd missed him on the days he did not come. Mommy didn't like Jose Manuel because she said he was full of babosadas, you know, garbage. Tienes que ir a la escuela para no acabar como ese hombre con sus historias locas. Which means, you have to go to school to not end up like that man his crazy stories. Si, sí, mamá, I would reply, nodding my head. I would always have to keep my encounters with him a secret due to my mother's dislike of him. One afternoon, as I was headed to see if Jose Manuel was sitting on the beach, having his lunch and telling the stories, I heard a young boy's voice inside the forest. I assumed there was a new boy in town because I didn't recognize him. When I saw him, he spoke a language I did not know. What language are you speaking? I asked. He chuckled and started playing with a branch he had in his hand. I shrugged my shoulders and kept going on my way. About a minute later, I heard him again. I turned around and he was right behind me and once again be began to speak in a foreign language. I don't understand you, I said. Where are you from? He didn't reply, only looking down at the floor as he made the circles in the dirt with the branch. Okay, do you want to play with me? Do you want to have lunch with me? I asked him. He started laughing again. I wasn't sure if he was fully understanding me, so I 
just motioned with my arm to follow me. I kept on walking, and he would look back every now and then to see if I was, he was following me. He was. When the forest came to an end, and I stepped out onto the asphalt street, he stopped abruptly and just stood there staring at me. You're not coming? I asked. He shook his head. Why not? He didn't reply. He simply looked down at his feet. Sit yourself, I said as I waved goodbye and continued on my way. That day, the seminar told us about one encounter he had with the hombre sin cabeza, the man without a head. He said he had been traveling through the Camino de las Flores when he saw a horse in the distance coming towards him at an impossible speed. As the horse came closer, he realized there was a figure on the horse that was beginning to form. First the feet, then the legs, then the torso, and then the arms, but it stopped short of a head. It galloped right by him with the headless horseman. You have to show them no fear. That's the trick. Anytime you see something that scares you, you have to put on a brave face, and that'll save you. There are many strange things around here from which we have to protect ourselves, he said. With enthusiasm as we looked up with enormous eyes. After lunch, I headed back to the forest to go back home. As I was coming closer to the forest entrance, I realized that the little boy was standing in the exact same spot where I had left him. You stayed here the whole time? I exclaimed. He was too shy to meet my eyes, so he turned around and waited for me to come inside the woods. You're funny, Cipote, I said, shaking my head and laughing as I entered the woods. As we walked through the forest next to the Rio Lampa, I told him the story about the headless horseman. He seemed fascinated by it. I enjoyed telling him the story and seeing him look at me the same way I looked at Jose Manuel. I felt so freaking cool. As I exited the forest to go into my town, he stopped once again before exiting the forest. You now know you can't stay, stay in there. It's dangerous. Eight people have already gone missing this summer. You never heard of La Ciguanaba? I'm pretty sure he's been she's been kidnapping everyone and killing them because she's a loca, I said to him. Crazy woman just stared down at his feet and started to laugh at them before sprinting away. I sighed and turned to go back to my town. Every day that summer, he would meet me in the forest and I would tell him all the stories that Jose Manuel told him. I had become an incredibly storyteller, even if I was sort of stealing the stories from Jose Manuel. My mannerisms had me believing I was telling stories to a, th a theater filled with thousands of people in the audience. I felt grown up around the kid. I also felt protected as I didn't have to walk to the forest alone. He was smaller than me, but something about his demeanor made me think he wasn't an ordinary kid. I would often lose track of time and forget about listening to the waves to get home in time. My memories of summer of 76 were all him and me and the stories in the forest. One afternoon, sitting by the beach, I was excited because Jose Manuel had a new story to tell us. I know I've told you about a cipitillo, a little boy who is, on the sun, who is the son of La Ciguanao. But there's another boy that I have encountered on one of my trips near Rio Lampa, Hualancaita. That is his name in Nahuatl. He is a young boy. Well, that's one of the shapes he takes. He is a cambia formas, a shapeshifter. His favorite form is that of a little boy, but his true form is much more sinister. Jose Manuel told us in a low voice. I became scared. I thought of my friend in the forest. He never left the forest and he never really spoke, and he was very mysterious. What does he do, I asked. Well, he steals your stuff you can't get back, Jose Manuel answered. Like what? Like time, for example. 
got stolen entire lifetimes, he answered. What do you mean? Well, by the time you realize he's been stealing your time, it's too late. And the time is gone forever, he answered. How does he do that? By keeping you entertained, occupied, confusing you, by making you believe you've only spent one afternoon with him when in literally, in reality, it has been ten years, he answered. Panicking, I looked down at my hands. That's when I noticed the wrinkles. I noticed my voice had changed. I noticed my clothing was different. I looked up at Jose Manuel, but he was gone. Will you just shut up with your goddamn stories, Edgardo? Just for today, a voice asked me, what? I turned around to see a homeless man next to me. I'm so sick of them. Every day, nobody gives a shit about your headless horseman or Cipitillo or any of those. That's just for kids, man. The man said to me, visibly upset. I looked around and everything looked different, newer. What year is this? I asked, freeing the answer. You're really that drunk today? Shit. 2009. He answered, shaking his head. I got up and felt the weight of my age. I walked to the window to take a look at my reflection. I didn't recognize the man looking back at me. Almost 30 years. I lost almost three decades of my life because I spent them with the shapeshifter. Kualankaita. I had apparently spent most of my life jobless on the streets, talking to myself and retelling stories I had heard as a child. Most folks thought I'd gone crazy, infatuated with folklore stories, but that's not what happened. He stole my time, my life. I was told my mommy died in the war of 88. She had disowned me from embarrassment. I don't blame her. She did warn me about paying too much attention to nonsense stories. Next time you see a homeless man talking to themselves on the street, just remember that maybe they're talking to the Guadalancaita. Try to wake them up. Maybe you can save them a few years, a few decades. And if ever you find a little boy in the woods, please, please stay away from him. Don't listen to him. Don't speak to him. Don't look at him. You might just miss out on your life if you do. And that's the end of that story. Wow. That's a... Uh... I like to say, um, you know, growing up, uh, we all grew up with hearing CPTO stories, right? Uh, my mom, my dad, my aunt, everybody, especially if you're from, uh, you know, Central America or Mexico, anywhere, you always grew up with listening to all these uh, stories, the CPTO, La Ciguanava, uh, wherever story it is, but it's it's trippy when they tell you these stories because you don't know if they're, if they're saying the truth or they just messing with us just to scare us but some of them are <clears throat> from what we know some of them are true but which ones we, we just don't know when i was a kid they used to tell me that you know, he was a little boy big belly and he wore a, a hat like very big big ass hat pointy hat and you could find them excuse me ladies that would do uh pupusas or food whatever they would leave behind um ashes so they say at night, if you go outside, like around 3 in the morning, you can hear a little boy playing with ashes, and they will see the CPTO eating the ashes, too. He would, like, roll around the ashes, whatever. Hell no. And the scary part is he had his his legs, they're backwards. So when he would run, he would fool people, so you would go the opposite direction, so you could never catch him. It's crazy, huh? Jeez. <laughs> Imagine they're telling you this shit when you're a little kid. Nope. 
I mean, you know, and they that's what that's what they did. They that's why we love these stories. That's why we love listening to these stories. Because uh, I mean, they're scary, but I mean, they're they're entertaining more than anything. Entertaining, yeah. But some people can't take these stories. A lot of people grew up scared, and they never until now. I mean, you probably know people that don't like hearing scary stories at all. But that's a CPT, you guys. You know, CPT. I don't know what you will see in the in the forest if you ever see a CPT. See a little boy <laughs> go the opposite way. Next time you know who it is. CPTO. Now we're going to talk about El Cadejo. All right, you guys. El Cadejo. For all you guys that don't know, they are supernatural monsters in Southern Mexican and Central American folk folklore that can either attack or protect people who travel by night. Uh, El Cadejo can be good or evil. What is confusing is that they appear in either the colors of white or black. Don't let the cars fool you. Don't let the colors fool you. <laughs> Sorry. Don't let the colors fool you as the colors do not necessarily indicate whether or not the creature is good or evil. This is said in most occasions that the white Cadejo is considered good and the black Cadejo is considered evil. As far as physical description, the Cadejo appears large canine-like monsters. Similar to the phantom black dogs, having hoop, having hoop, hoops for feet, hubs, hoops, 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 <laughs> hoops doesn't matter, hoops for feet, tomatoes models. <laughs> they may possess goat-like feature, and are said to possess skin and or fur that shimmers in the light. Cadejo also possesses red glowing eyes and have a horrible stench. There are three distinct types of cadejo. The first type is considered the first type is considered high the first type is considered to be Satan in the form of phantom black dog. In this form he is usually said to have chains that have been heated red hot from the fires of hell, chained to his legs. The second type of cadejo are the good and bad or white and black variety. Third type of cadejo are the offspring of an evil of black cadejo and a normal dog. Only the last type of cadejo can be killed by a person. Uh, as far as uh, the behavior goes, the evil or black variety of the second type of cadejo, they hide and wait of passing travelers to attack. The evil or black cadejo prefers alcoholics or drunks as victims. Usually a good or a white cadejo will attempt to stop the evil or black cadejo from attacking. It appears that sometimes the good or white cadejo does not show up in time. The evil or black cadejo is able to attack and kill the human being. Wow. As far as his origin legend for the cadejo, there is a popular legend of two young men being cursed by a sorcerer due to their sloth or laziness. One of, them, one of the men became the evil or the black cadejo while the other brother was transformed to good or white cadejo powers. Cadejos possesses incredible strength. Cadejos possess the power of hypnotizing or paralyzing people who look them in the eyes. People who survive an encounter with the Cadejos appear to, to suffer from conditions similar to post-traumatic stress disorder, usually for the remainder of their lives. Wow. So with, with the Cadejo, uh, 
once again, these are creatures that you probably will see on the road when you're walking from, I don't know, walking from home. I got a story from El Cadejo. Okay. I got two stories, actually. You want to hear them? All right, so the first story, my grandma told me the story. This is when I was a kid. She used to tell us these stories all the time. But I remember she said a story when she was, um, I believe she was like 12, maybe? She was out with her uh, sister. They were playing, you know, in their backyard, whatever. And uh, they started hearing uh, growls. And um, she said that, like, they looked, they looked past the tree line and they saw some red eyes. And they said that the minute they saw that, they knew it was El Cadejo. But they said that the funny part was they couldn't move. It was like they were frozen. And I said that the dogs started coming towards them. You know how when you know when 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 lions or tigers they they're about to attack, they kind of like walk slowly. Yeah. The dogs started doing that, and they said it kept getting closer. They said it was a huge, huge dog with red like coal eyes. Like if they had they had coal, you know, like red, red, red. And um, I said that they couldn't. She couldn't move. And she said, out of nowhere, this when the when the black dog got close to them, a white dog came out of nowhere, ran like ran out of the bushes, started fighting the the black dog. Said it, <laughs> her mom heard the commotion, she ran out and grabbed them, grabbed the girls, and said the girls were just still they couldn't like they were hypnotized or something. Right. And they said uh, they just saw the the dogs fighting and then just like nothing, they were gone like nothing was there, dude. And then she said that she, when she got home inside, she told, she was able to talk, told her mom what happened. And she got, a, both the sisters, her, my grandma and her sister got a fever that night, dude. Like, really bad fever. And yeah, that's one story. Okay. And here's my second story. This was my aunt's uh, husband at the time. Said he would come late from the bars. My, we like to drink, you know, Friday night, whatever. And he was kind of... Over there, you gotta understand. In El Salvador, it's very when people live like in the camp, the how do you say that, dude? El campo, um, uh, kind of like ranchy parts or whatever you want to call it. Open land. Um, you have to walk through a lot of like creeks, like dirt road, but it's scary at night because there's no lamppost or anything. It's literally dark, you know. It's just you probably get a lamppost one every couple steps. Like it's not like the city, you know what I mean? Anyways, he said that he heard a whistle. He started hearing a loud, loud whistle. But then he, he looked around, nothing. He kept walking, like whatever. And uh, he heard it again, but he said the whistle started going farther and farther away. Like it started like um, quieting down. And then he said it got so low that he's like, oh, whatever. And then he heard someone like go, ch -ch -ch he turns around he said there's a black dog trailing him literally walking right behind him he said the first thing he noticed were those eyes eyes were red red dark dark red and he said the minute he saw that he felt he felt pressure he felt something in his body but he said he was hypnotized he couldn't fucking run he couldn't do nothing he was just looking at him and the dog just told him like hey turn around keep walking straight don't look at me and you know he just kept walking and then the dog was just telling him stuff like perverted shit he kept telling him like you want to go here you want to go there and then he just kept saying stuff like i could hurt you i could take you anytime this and that and he said that he was he felt like his legs were, were turning into mush 
it was hard for him to walk. And he said he finally saw his house at a distance. And he said he was trying to scream for help, but he said he couldn't. He said that the dog was just laughing. It was like he was mocking him. He was laughing at him. So he said, my aunt came out. They, and she came out, and my aunt and all her sisters, all, well, all my aunts came out. And they had a broom, and they started trying to hit the dog. And they said the dog was just laughing. It was laughing, and then he just stopped at a certain point. But they said this dog was it's like, just think about if you guys have seen uh, Game of Thrones, you know the direwolves that come on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so apparently that's how El Cadejo looks. That big, you know, looks like a, a wolf, with red, red eyes. And uh, he was just laughing, and then they were able to get my uncle back inside. And the thing was. When, when they got him inside, he said he dropped. He dropped to the ground. And uh, he was having a hard time breathing. You know, he, was just, he felt ill. And, like always, he got a fever. But he said he had a fever for three days. Really bad. He couldn't talk. And on the third day, you know, he came out of it. And that's when he told him the story, like, about the dog. He told him the whole story about El Cadejo. And after that, he, I guess he stopped going to the bars late night. He was very terrified. And that was one story that has been told in my family for since I can remember. I would, I would be afraid, too. To be, I mean, mm -hmm. I, would, I don't know about going to the bar. I, I mean, I do have uh, two other stories that I want to say uh, that I, I saw that they're really interesting. It's kind of, it's not El Cadejo, but it's close to El Cadejo. I guess whoever told these stories, are, um, they call them hellhounds. You heard of hellhounds, mm -hmm. right? So, so it's, yeah, it's pretty much a cadejo. Yeah, pretty much. So let me tell you one of the, one of the stories. So it begins with, usually me and my friends would pull a game spree all night or over the weekend at the local internet shop. This particular Saturday afternoon, though, it was very odd because when I came to the shop, there was just five people surfing, playing, and none of my other friends were there. Whereas every day it will be packed between 20 to 30 people. Never less than that. So I just play and stay late hoping they would come eventually. Nope. So I decided to go home around 11 p.m. The road was oddly quiet. And as I was walking, I tried to find a tricycle. Local transportation here in the Philippines by the highway. So the story's from the Philippines. So I guess that's how they travel by tricycle a lot over there. Um, I noticed three black dogs around the parked car. Uh, stray dogs are common th are a common thing here, so I really don't pay attention to them. As I walk closer, though, they seem to be getting bigger, and the three became four, then six, and a sense of dread suddenly came over me. It was the worst thing I ever felt in my life. So I quickly turned around, tried to tried to nope my way out of there all while looking at my surroundings for a tree or a car where I can jump into or climb to. While running I looked back to see if it was time to turn my using bolt boosters but the dogs were gone, no trace at all. Mind you, I was in an open empty highway. I could clearly see where they went in if they ran. It's as if for some reason they just made the presence known. So they, they were just there to let him know, or they, they, he, do, it doesn't, he doesn't say what happened. He just said that they were all gone when he turned back. Damn. 
That's scary. One more story. All right. This one's kind of spooky also. All right. So uh, once again, he just, he uh, starts by, you know, describing a hellhound. Um, so he said that he saw this hellhound over 10 years ago. He was, uh, he's 24 now, but when I, when he was 11, he used to live in a suburb with, her, with his parents. One day, my dad and I heard something scratching at the front door. We went to check if it was my neighbor's dog or something, but there was nothing outside. So we walked halfway through the hallway to the bedrooms, and then we heard it again. So this time, I ran and swung the door open, checked the porch, and ran out to the front yard, but saw nothing. He smiled and told me to hide behind the sofa, which was in front of the door, and see if anything happens. So my dad walks halfway through the hallway, and then the scratchy starts again. I peeked from the bottom left corner of the sofa, and that's when I saw a black dog-sized rat with red eyes kicking its feet and arms up and down the walls, like it was trying to get out. Now, it wasn't a normal physical animal. The thing was so black that it looked digital. It looked like it was from a different realm of dimension. When I saw it and my dad heard it, I motioned for him to come. Then he turned around and walked so loud that the thing heard him. Then it turned around and our eyes made contact. Its eyes were like its body, solid in color and looked digital. It wasn't aggressive, but when my dad was about to make the corner to the door, the thing just disappeared, like it left the dimension. Just like if you were playing an online game and had some network lag, things would teleport or disappear. So I told my dad what I saw, and he said I was full of shit. So I got mad, threw some stuff at the wall, and I swung at my dad's leg. Ever since then, I knew there was more to what we know. Well, that's so, it. That, I mean, man, if I were to see something like that here, and this is in the suburbs, you know, this, this is something. This ain't the, the campos. <laughs> no, it's not. It, I mean, it's somewhere like it, it could happen here in the city. I've never seen nothing like that. And I, I, I hope I never see that. And if I do, I hope that I got I get a white Calejo too helping me out. I also think that for me, the white Calejo or the good Calejo is actually our, if you have a dog, my dog is a white Calejo. Your dog looks like a Calejo. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's... Those are the stories this week, you guys. El Calejo and El Cipitio. Um, and, uh, we hope you enjoyed them. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed them. Uh, if you guys have any stories that you want to tell us, or if you if you want to send anything to us, or or tell us what you if you guys seen any of this, let us know. You know, give us a give us a ring, give us a send us a message. You know, you could send us a message at drinkingwiththeunknown at yahoo.com. Or you can send a, me- a message through uh, our Instagram, Drinking with the Unknown. Um, also Twitter, right? Twitter too. With the same name, Drinking with the Unknown. Drinking with the Unknown at uh, Twitter. So I mean, I hope you guys enjoy this. Let us know, you know, let us know how we could make the show better, or what we, what you would recommend for us to do. Uh, let us know. You Give know us right? good feedback, bad feedback. Yeah, everything's welcome. We could take the bad feedback. Um, that's going to be it for this week, you guys. Um, you know, you guys, uh, thank you for listening listening to us. Thank you for giving us your attention. Until next time, you guys stay safe.